Welcome to the Stop Animatics Podcast with your hosts, Donnie and Rob. We're here to help you thrive in a world of big data and complex analytics. Rob, welcome back to the uh, podcast today. We're on our third episode dealing with um, specifically the conversation around to mask or not to mask. How are you doing today, Rob? You doing okay? Doing good. Doing real good. My my team won a big game this weekend, and it got me to thinking, thinking about you and this podcast, Donnie. Uh, <sighs> so last weekend, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> last weekend, my team lost, right? Yep. And I'm sure any sports fan can relate to this your team loses you feel like garbage right for some reason even though you aren't on that court or that field you feel depressed you feel depressed for the rest of the day the rest of the weekend whatever right and then the following weekend they win a big game and you're flying high right so you figure oh i know what sweatshirt i'm going to wear the next day or the t-shirt i'm going to wear and you can't wait to walk all around town with your team colors on right you can't wait to show look my team won I didn't have anything to do with that victory, but my team won. And that got me to thinking like that is part of that whole group think and just, you know, the thing that we talk about and I, and I do it as well. And, and I thought that that would be, that's relevant to what we're going to talk about on the next podcast. Yeah. And certainly it is. And isn't it amazing how good it feels for your team to win, even though you had absolutely, absolutely nothing to do with it. Right. Like I, you know, I, again, I love NC State basketball. I pull for them every single game, but I've never made a shot on the court or had any part in the process of, you know, <laughs> winning those actual games. But um, I'm glad that made you, made you think about the podcast, Rob, because that's exactly what we want to talk about today. We're going to talk about um, why that feels so good. We're going to talk about this notion of social identity, and we're going to talk about it in the context of the conversation around wearing masks. So I'm glad you thought of it, and uh, it's good because that is one of the key things we want to talk about as we continue our dive into to mask or not to mask. All right, Rob. Um, So before we dig into uh, the conversation around uh, masking and not masking and some of the concepts around being on a winning team, uh, let's review a little bit what we're talking about um, in the context of this meme. So if you don't mind, can you just read the meme again real quick that we're talking about? Sure. It says, think, if the masks work, why the six feet? If the six feet work, why the masks? If both work, why the lockdown? If all three work, why the vaccine? And if the vaccine is safe, why the no liability clause? Rob, thanks again for uh, reading that meme. This is the third time we're talking about this meme. 
And it's because there's just so much in it. There's so much captured by the single meme. And so for the folks who are just tuning in, I encourage you, uh, if you're interested in the details, go back and listen to the the last two episodes regarding masking in this particular meme. Um, but the bottom line is, is that this is being passed around. It's resonating with some people. However, um, the preponderance of the evidence right now suggests that both masking and social distancing do work. But work means they reduce the probability of spreading the disease. They do not eliminate the probability of spreading the disease. And so the reason we do both is because if you have imperfect interventions, ones that don't um, completely reduce the possibility of spreading the disease, if you implement those simultaneously, you get the net benefit of both of those interventions. And so um, we can see a much larger reduction in the spread by both social distancing and masking than we would if we did one or the other. However, um, this still resonates with people, right? There's still um, something about this that causes it to be passed around. And uh, as we discussed in the previous episodes, one part of that is likely just the changes in messaging. Um, we as human beings, we like consistency. We don't like when messaging changes. And so some of the early recommendations were not to wear a mask. Some of the later ones were to wear a mask. Um, you know, a significant portion of that is just driven by changes in the context. Uh, we have more disease spread later on in the pandemic. Um, we actually learned that you could have asymptomatic spread. And both of those things increase uh, the need and the efficacy and the benefit of actually wearing a mask. And so um, some of that, a large portion of that was driven by, um, you know, logical, reasonable explanations. Uh, clearly, though, there were still opportunities to have better and more consistent messaging uh, during the course of the pandemic. And I think that's turned a lot of people off. But there's also two other things that I think are, are going on in the situation. Number one, uh, masking has really uh, become a sim symbol. It's become a symbol of certain beliefs and certain uh, you know thought processes. And so it's really taken on kind of a life of its own. And then the other thing that I think happens with the masking, particularly as it comes to masking mandates, is it kind of hits on this American notion of personal freedom and the ability to do what one wants to do or what one finds in their own best interest. And so uh, on today's episode, let's uh, continue talking about the masking, but let's talk about it in the context of how it's become symbolic of certain belief structures and what that means, and then also what it means to make a decision about masking in the context of wanting to maintain personal freedom. We've talked about how good it felt for your team to win, but how funny it yeah. is that you are not part of that process. You weren't on the court uh, or on the field. I'm not on the court. I'm not on the field, um, but it feels really good when our team wins. Yeah. And I found that fascinating for years, you know, uh, long ago, if I can remember my twenties and thirties sitting in sports bars, uh, watching my, my team win or lose. And just the, the, the good feelings when they're doing well. And then you see the, the fans of the other team at the other tables and you just start to get this feeling. I just don't like those guys. They're loud. They're rooting for the team, you know, that I'm playing against. And you, you just feel like this, like you're getting sent back to like tribal times when I, you just have this urge to dislike these guys. These guys might be really good guys, but I didn't care. All I, all I felt was I didn't <laughs> like them. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. There's um, there's this uh, theory called social identity theory. And what social identity theory basically says is that we 
um, as individuals get part of our identity based on the groups and the teams and the communities that we're a part of, um, that we feel good about ourselves um, when those communities and those groups and those teams are also doing well. And, you know, the the theory would suggest this is just a basic part of being a human, that this is something that we all um, are actively engaged in. And so, you know, there's been lots of experiments, lots of work on social identity theory that says um, that it does seem to be true. And you can look back, there's, you know, a few decades ago, there was um, one experiment where they showed uh, fans of two different teams, the exact same calls uh, that the referees were making. And, you know, obviously uh, you interpreted the calls as being good or bad, depending on which team uh, you were pulling for and which way the call went in terms of which one it actually hurt. Um, there have been lots of experiments that show that people, um, when they identify with a group or a team, um, tend to do things to raise the status of that group or team, even if it lowers their own um, utility or their own benefit. So they sort of give up their individual um, uh, positive benefit for uh, the fact that the team will have a higher level of status. And so it's such an extreme thing that um, not only do people try to raise the status of their own group, uh, but they will try to lower the status of uh, an opposing group or a group that has you know, a different identity or a different belief structure to the point of actually trying to sabotage that group in a lot of situations. Yeah, and I think all you have to do is go on any bulletin board after any sports article and just read the comments of the sports fans and you know it could just be any article on any team and then the comments always devolve into your team sucks right and they just they just the guys just go at it and then they start bringing up they start bringing up plays and games from seasons ago and it's it it's humorous but it's completely predictable yeah. And, you know, the, the thing about sports is, for the most part, that's not really consequential, right? I mean, it's we feel good. We feel bad. Um, some people take it to an extreme, um, but it's not consequential in terms of our own physical health or our own well-being. Um, the thing about the conversation with masking is uh, it certainly has become a symbol of certain belief structures and certain ideas um, in the United States. Like, you know, I think you could... Um, look at a grocery store and you could see someone wearing a mask and someone not wearing a mask. And I think you would probably almost immediately have some inkling of that person's potential political belief and or their religious belief um, based on the fact that they're either wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. Yeah, it's a symbol. And I bet that person will will either also be wearing a T-shirt or a hat that confirms something about their beliefs or follow them to their car. And I bet there's a bumper sticker or a decal that says something, which you could also infer. Yep. I was right. Yep. Yeah. And and the thing is, is, um, you know, when it comes to masking, once, once it becomes a symbol um, of ideology, um, that's when it becomes challenging to make good choices. Right. And uh, we could talk at a much longer um, podcast or much deeper level about sociologically, how masking became such a symbol for certain belief structures. Um, and that has its own set of theories and its own set of processes that are, are happening. But once it's established as a symbol of a particular belief structure, um, it then becomes a fight around personal and social identity, right? So if you're part of a group um, that says that masking is the right thing to do, 
and you get part of your identity from that group, you're going to do everything you can to try to prove that masking is the right answer. And you're going to try to do everything you can to prove that the people who think masking is the wrong answer are incorrect. Right. And conversely, if you're in a group that says that, um, you know, not masking is the right thing to do because of whatever it means from a sociological perspective, um, your tendency is going to be to try to minimize the evidence that's presented that supports masking and try to maximize the evidence that's presented that actually uh, doesn't support masking. And so um, because it has become so symbolic, we have people on both sides kind of digging in and, and really, you know, entrenching in terms of their belief system and rationalizing away any arguments to the contrary. And, and this is where social identity theory sort of interacts with our own decision-making process, which is um, if a group that we identify with has a belief and we are presented with evidence that that belief is incorrect, it creates what's called cognitive dissonance, right? We, we only hold beliefs that we think are right. And we only want to be part of groups that have the beliefs that we think are right. If we are part of a group and that belief is challenged and it comes out that that is um, that belief was incorrect, that actually hits the status of the group that we're a part of, but it hits our identity of being right, right? It, it, it sort of messes with our internal belief structure. And so it creates cognitive dissonance. And so our, primary reflex is to, again, rational, either well, A, actually to not hear any of that evidence, like literally not hear it, not even take it in um, is one of our tendencies. Right. And then the other tendency is if we do hear evidence on one side or the other, that's not what we are actually uh, aligned with. We tend to rationalize it away because that is the least cognitively intensive thing we can do because it is difficult, hard work to reconfigure your belief systems, right? To to sort of take that evidence in and to say that, you know, this group that I am uh, identifying with maybe doesn't have the right perspective on this. That is hard work that takes a lot of cognitive energy. And unfortunately, um, we tend to be lazy from the perspective of, uh, you know, where we spend our, our, our sort of mind share. And we tend to want to minimize the, the amount of that energy that we use in order to, uh, you know, in order to update the systems and beliefs that we actually hold. And so, um, there's this really sort of weird cycle that happens once something is established as a symbol of a particular group, team, community, it becomes incredibly hard to move or influence or change the opinion of anyone who he- heavily associates with that group to take into account any evidence that's presented. And I think part of what's happening around the mass conversation is that fact. Um, people on both sides of the conversation are entrenched. It has become symbolic. Um, if there's evidence presented to the contrary, it not only lowers the um, status of the group they're a part of, but it threatens their own belief structures. And so people are really just talking over each other when it comes to the conversation about masking. And so I think one of the fundamental things we have to recognize is um, that when we are in this situation, we don't tend to be very rational and we don't tend to evaluate evidence in a very uh, thorough way. And it can lead us to do things which are actually harmful to ourselves or harmful to our community 
in order to maintain the status of the group that we're a part of. And so we have to be very careful. If the only reason that you're not wearing a mask is because someone in the group that you identify with told you you shouldn't, then you are not carefully and soberly evaluating the evidence. You are doing it because you're part of that group. And to challenge that belief would be to challenge that group status and to challenge your own belief structures. But I think you're being overly kind in the sense that it's, you, you make it sound as if, uh, let me think about this. That's why I'm doing it. I can change. I think once you've got, I think the emotions come first, Donnie. Like if you, if you feel a certain way, you're not, you're not going to look at reason. Like you, you've ingrained this so much and I, that, like you say, the brain shuts off. If, if, if new information comes in, you're just not going to listen anyway. I don't, I, I think it's, I think it's far, far harder than, than you just made it sound to, to, to then look at new evidence and, and reason with it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is, it is challenging. It, it is very challenging because it's like a lot of things in life. Like we, we just don't see our own. Um, we don't see our own fault. Right. And so the problem is, is that if you present, uh, you know, this conversation to someone who believes one side or the other, they're going to say, I've evaluated the evidence and the evidence all aligns with the position that I actually take. And in, you know, in my mind or in anybody else's mind, that is going to be, um, you know, the first reaction to any sort of, conversation about this, again, particularly when it's become such a symbol of different groups and belief structures. And so I think the challenge that we have to take on is to really evaluate why we're making choices and decisions, right? We don't want to, um, and you can think about all the different cults that are out there that folks have, uh, you know, basically given up their freedom, given up their money, uh, some of them given up their life for something that wasn't true because they had become identified with that group. And because they wanted to raise the status of the group and prove that that group to be right, um, they do lots of weird things that actually create a lot of negative benefit for them as individuals. And so in these scenarios, when things have become highly symbolic of a particular belief system, I think we have to be extra careful and really employ the stop, collaborate, and listen advice. We have to stop, really think about why, why do I believe this? Do I believe this simply because... Um, I like the way it makes me feel that my team is winning, um, that my team is right. Um, am I believing this because I have truly evaluated all the evidence? Have I sought evidence not only for the position that I hold and that my group holds, but have I looked out for evidence um, on the other side? Um, you collaborate. You, again, perspective takes. So you think about what somebody on the other side of the conversation would actually um, think about this or what they would actually talk about when they were having this conversation. Um, you can actually go talk to people. You can do this as an internal exercise. And then you uh, listen. You really listen to what the evidence um, on the other side of the argument actually suggests. And so um, in this situation, I think the the problem is, is that masking, which is a public health question, has really become a symbol of different belief structures and so because it's become a symbol of different belief structures, um, on average, we are just not having really rational conversations 
that truly evaluate the preponderance of the evidence and come to sort of rational conclusions about, um, you know, whether masking is a, a valuable intervention or not. Yeah. And I think reasoning goes out the window. This is like, like you've mentioned before to me, like system one and system two thinking, right? System one being more intuitive and quick, right? And system mm-hmm. two being analytical. Yeah. Like to, to jump from one to two, if you're a system one thinker, you go through most of your, most of your days, just, you know, going on intuition, you've gotten this far, you know, you're going to, whatever side you're on, you're going to think you've got the answer and that's it. But to stop and elaborate and jump over to system two and really analyze the evidence, I think you can analyze it all and still say, well, that's too bad. Like say, if I'm pro mask, say, say I'm on pro mask team and you come to me with the definitive gold standard evidence that masks actually make it worse, actually make it, you're, you're more susceptible for whatever reason. Let's just say coronavirus gets in the mask, stays in the mask, and you found the gold standard and you've proven definitively and you, put, and you present that to me. Donnie, if I have spent past year in this pandemic being pro-mask and sending out all these memes to all these people, I've put myself out there in this world as ready to, you know, this is the hill I'm going to die on, pro-mask. And I, I, I have all the motivation in the world to shut you down and not listen to that. So I think this is so difficult, so difficult. Yeah, it it certainly is. And, and um, I know I don't want to undersell how difficult it is or how much of a uh, sort of immediate reaction it is to, you know, when you see a meme, like we're talking about to really um, just pass it along because it supports your team. It raises the status of the team you're on. It sort of confirms the beliefs that you actually have. And it, you know, seems kind of clever in terms of the surface logic until you start digging into it. And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's there's no wonder yeah. why people actually forward this, but it's mostly because somehow, some way in our United States social structure, we have created masking as a marker of different belief systems. And, you know, it's unfortunate because I think it really has damaged the conversation. And I think damaged a lot of relationships um, between people who are strangers, so the guy that was in the grocery store yelling at my wife uh, that she shouldn't wear a mask, um, but more personal relationships between people who are, you know, pro-mask or anti-mask, not really being able to get to the same place at the same time and creating all kinds of disagreements and arguments and broken relationships over that. And so um, I think in my mind, that is the, the saddest part of the conversation around masking is that because it's become so symbolic, it is really... Um, lost all sense of rationality when it comes to uh, conversations about whether to mask or not. Yeah. And to me, th- th- I think that's, that's the most important part is you always talk about perspective taking. Let's look at this from the other side and going back to, to what I said at the outset about sports teams, you know, those guys that I just had an immediate dislike for because they were rooting for the other team they're just guys. They're just like me rooting for their team. They're, they might be nice guys, right? Well, let's look at this. The, the people on the other side, whatever side you're on in the mask debate, they're probably good people. They probably just have very strong beliefs, just like I do. Let's look at it. But, you know, they just believe it. Why, why get into an argument? Why hate them? They, they have their beliefs. I have mine. Same thing on the, you know, everything's a political agenda. Look at the other side. They're just people that love their country. Let's just look, maybe, maybe they're not so bad. 
maybe let's t- take a look from their side of the story, right? Yep. Yep. And I, I think you'll find if you do that, that there, you know, there's a certain rationality to whatever side you're on. Um, it may not lead to the most optimal outcome, but it, there's a certain rationality. If you start to think through that rationality of each side, I think you can start to have, you know, more robust conversations and conversations which lead um, all the people involved to a, to a scenario where we're creating the best outcome we can for us as individuals and for us as a society. Yeah. And just keep the conversation civil, right? Correct. Civility goes a long way, especially on social media <laughs> where it tends to disappear um, uh, when people are responding yeah. to these kinds of things. All right, Rob. So uh, clearly masking has become symbolic of a variety of uh, things and potentially for a variety of reasons. But one of the things that seems to be catalyzing its symbolism is this idea of personal freedom or liberty. Uh, The notion that uh, the government can't tell me what to do and I'm not going to succumb to uh, pressure by other people to do what I don't want to do. And so um, it really seems like one of the the, the big things that has come to symbolize is personal uh, freedom. And liberty is certainly one of these things that um, that motivates people, right? So if the, if that's your feeling, it's going to be it's going to be hard for anyone to say, uh, "Yeah, I want make you do this," because it's going to be for the good of everybody. Yeah. Well, just like we were talking about earlier, if it, if you can't, ra- I can't rationalize that. I can't rationalize my emotions away. You know, if one of, if I go through every day thinking liberty is is one of the the most important things to me, it's what this country was founded on. That's why I love this country. You come to me and say, and I want to, I want to shove this mask on your face. I'm sorry, but that's, that's, that's a hard sell. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, um, and I want to, I want to break this piece up into a couple of different uh, parts. So a, I think we have to separate out the, the conversation about personal freedom and whether masking or not is a good idea. Right. So, um, we've already talked about the preponderance of evidence says that masking is effective in reducing the transmission of the disease and the severity of the disease. And so if that is true, if you go out and evaluate the evidence and you come to that rational conclusion, um, the question is, why wouldn't you wear a mask? And if the answer is because the government told me I had to wear a mask, um, then you're basically protesting by saying, I want to take on additional personal risk and I want to um, take on additional community risk just so I can make sure that you understand I don't agree with you taking away my personal freedom. And so I think for me, the thing that I would encourage people to do is to isolate those two parts of the conversation. So make a choice or decision about whether you wear a mask based on the evidence. Is this something that will help me in terms of my probability of getting the disease, help me in terms of reducing the severity if I do get it, help my community by uh, reducing the amount of community spread, and help my community by reducing the severity of the disease overall? If all the answer to those things are yes, then wear a mask and separate out the conversation about personal freedom. So, you can make the decision to wear a mask and do it, but still protest the government mandates, right? You can still go through the legal system and say, you know what, I'm wearing a mask, but I don't think the government has a right to mandate that. 
Uh, and so I'm going to fight that. I'm going to go and, you know, I'm going to go through the process and the court systems to try to say that this law is unconstitutional and I'm going to try to get this mandate removed. Um, but you can do that and still wear a mask, right? Those, those are not incongruous. You are not um, necessarily saying that you're giving in to government control by wearing a mask. You can say, I'm giving in to complete rationality and wearing a mask, but I also believe that the government shouldn't be mandating this. So I'm going to wear my mask to court. And in court, I'm going to try to argue that this should not be a mandate, but a personal decision. And that it's the right decision for most people to make is to to actually wear a mask. Yeah, I think you're you're giving humans a lot of credit that they can jump from system one to system two analytical thinking there. I, th- I think that whole, uh, I, I, I just think there are some people that you're just never, you could never reach with the rational argument. I think they're going to say freedom and liberty are what this country was founded on. I'm not going, it doesn't matter how to rationalize this. It, even if it's better for me, I'd, even if it's for my safety, I would rather die because liberty means that much to me. I think there are people that hold that belief so strongly, as you know, especially some in the, in the anti-mask crowd, that that is the hill they're they're willing to die on. Yeah, but I would still suggest that you can you can die on that hill, right? You you can go out and you can fight the government mandate, but still make the rational choice of wearing a mask, right? It, it, those things, I, I think the. The challenge is, is it's easy, like you said, in that system one thinking for those two things to become entangled. Like, um, you know, it's the same yeah. as a child, right? I mean, it's, it's basically a child throwing a temper tantrum. Like you tell them to go to their room and they were headed there anyway, but they decide not to because you told them to, right? Like you t- you said, go to your room and they turn around and say, nope, I'm not going there anymore, right? Like every, every parent's experienced that kind of behavior where even though it was in the child's best interest or even though they were already planning to do it, as soon as you ask them to do it as an external influence, um, they choose not to do it. The problem is, is if we live our lives like that, we end up doing a lot of things that harm ourselves and harm society just because. And if you separate those things out, you can make the rational choice as an individual about whether you wear a mask or not. And then you can separately decide whether you think that should be a government mandate or not. And if you think it should be a government mandate, then you can take all the recourse in your um, in your power to go out and actually do it. And so um, you don't have to endanger yourself and endanger your community in order to make the argument that masking should not be a government mandate. Um, you can rationally evaluate the evidence, figure out that that's actually a good thing to do do it, and then on a separate stream, go out and try to help people understand that you don't think this is something the government should be mandating, but something the government should be encouraging and educating people about. Yeah, I, I like your thinking. Uh, I do. Uh, I, I just see the challenges that are inherent in that thinking. Yeah. Uh, you know, my encouragement would be if to think, really, why aren't you wearing a mask? And if the simple answer is because the government said to do it, then I would encourage you to um, reach out, to evaluate the evidence, to reevaluate the evidence, um, and to really think rationally, um, aside from that, whether you should wear a mask or not. You can, you can even play this little game with yourself, right? Which is, what if the government said, you can't wear a mask, right? What if the government had said, you can't wear a mask? We know they're effective, but you can't have one. You know, what would your reaction have been at that point? And if your reaction at that point would have been, well, heck yeah, I'm going to get a mask. I'm going to go out and I'm going to beat down the trees until I find one. 
um, then the rationale that you're actually deploying is all about um, the government overreach and not about your own personal health or the health of your community. And again, I would suggest you can separate out those two things. You can still take the action, which is in your own interest and in the community's interest while still going out and making the argument that it's not a place the government should actually be creating mandates. And so, you know, I think that's a reasonable, rational thing to do is to balance out personal freedom and personal choice against the evidence and sort of uh, continue to push for personal freedom. And at the same time, continue to evaluate the evidence and do what is most appropriate given the preponderance of the evidence that actually exists. So, Rob, we've covered a lot of ground over the past three episodes talking about uh, this meme. Um, I really do appreciate you finding the meme and bringing the meme so we could, you know, talk about all these concepts. Um, there's a ton in there. Um, there's a there's a ton in there about the sort of strict analytics uh, behind masking and um, social distancing. And we didn't talk quite as much about vaccines because um, I think that's a separate conversation. But um, there is a lot of uh, analytics in there, but there's also a lot of psychology, right? There's a lot of psychology and sociology. And so we've kind of traversed all those different topics as, we, as we've pondered um, the meme that you actually brought to us. Well, we are an interesting creature, Donnie. We humans are complicated. We are complicated. And unfortunately, it's a challenge sometimes to um, you know, weigh out uh, what we think versus what we should, what we think we should do versus what we should actually do and, and come to a conclusion that, you know, optimizes our own health and well-being as well as the health and well-being of our community, um, but still maintains the principles and ideas that we are um, so aligned with and so attached to. And so, you know, I think this whole conversation around masking is really, you know, just brought to the forefront a, a lot of the challenges that exist in those situations. And it's such a big scale uh, with such an important outcome that I think it really has, um, you know, particularly in the presence of the social media platform, which is relatively new, it really has um, created a fissure in our country and in our society. And I think we have to get about the business of, uh, you know, pulling back on that and really trying to get back to a place where we're having good conversations, rational conversations about public health and the kinds of interventions that we should be deploying um, when it comes to fighting things like this COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, I agree. Rational and civil conversations. And again, rational and civil doesn't mean that you avoid principle or you avoid emotion. It means that you utilize those principles and you utilize those emotions to help um, enhance the process of making decisions as opposed to um, burdening or causing us to make worse decisions uh, through the process. In the next episode, we're going to spend some time talking about motivated reasoning. And motivated reasoning is one of the primary mechanisms that actually uh, governs the way that we actually search for and the way that we interpret the evidence um, around different ideas. And so it's a, a very important concept. We're not going to focus on a meme this, uh, in this next episode, but really just explore that concept a little bit and some of the really um, sort of life-altering implications uh, that that can create as people um, – you know, try to navigate the world and come to 
uh, the best set of decisions. So I'm looking forward to that conversation, Rob. Uh, again, I really appreciate you uh, being a part of this podcast and having this conversation and finding that meme. And uh, hopefully this has been uh, helpful for folks and uh, hopefully folks have found this interesting. Um, as always, uh, our email is animythics at gmail.com. Feel free to send us an email if you have an idea, if you have a question, if you have a complaint, or even a concern. Um, feel free to email us, and we'll be glad to try to uh, get back to you. If you are someone who wants to be on the podcast, you have a particular idea you want to discuss, uh, let us know, and we'll definitely try to uh, get in touch and see if we can uh, make some of those conversations happen. So, uh, Rob, I hope you have a great week, and uh, I hope you uh, your team continues to win, and you continue to feel good because of that. And uh, hopefully my team continues to win, but uh, it doesn't look likely at this point. So um, have a great week, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again uh, next week. Good talking with you, Donnie. Take care. It's like food for your ears.